I want to talk about quitting. Quitting your job. This is how you're telling me on the air you're <laughs> this, quitting your job? This is how I'm telling you. No. I want to talk about how people quit, what yeah. they say about quitting. You know, whenever we come up with these topics, I go on the internet and I like mm-hmm. Google it. And there are 800 billion stories of the greatest quitting lines. <laughs> of all. I actually think they're made up, almost all of them. I think they're what people wish they would have said. Yes. But I don't think they actually said it. Going out with a bang very rarely happens. Yeah. Frankly, thinking about my own experience in quitting, I've quit twice. I was always very polite. I gave notice. I was professional. That's what we love about you, Larry. I know. I was – but it's boring for for this particular (laughs) thing. Really, the the one that got a lot of publicity, I think it was last year. It was the JetBlue flight attendant. Oh, this guy. I love this. Right? Remember this? And the the plane lands and he picks up the mic and says, that's it. I've had it with you passengers who were driving me crazy. (laughs) Cracks open a beer. And as soon as the plane comes to a stop – pulls the emergency door, and jumps out the slide. Yes. If only it weren't a felony. Three of them. (laughs) From Wondery, this is I Hate My Boss, workplace drama, comedic relief. I'm Liz Dolan. And I'm Larry Seal. On today's show, we're going to be talking all about quitting your job, how you know when it's time to quit, how do you plan your exit, and how to get out without burning any bridges. But sometimes you do just want to burn down the house. Sometimes you do, (laughs) right? The frustration wants to come out. Yeah. I think we both agree. Not a good long-term plan. So how do you know when it's time? Well, I'm thinking about in my own career, sometimes you're in a job which is it just has a very natural sort of progression to it. Like I remember when I was an account executive at an agency Mm -hmm. when I was in my 20s. It's like... That's a two-year job. Like, everybody knows that's a two-year job. So sometimes it is really obvious to you that it's sort of an up-and-out time. So you're learning some skills, you're getting your feet wet, and then you you jump to the next thing. You're either getting more responsibility or you're going to another agency, or at least that was my experience. Mm -hmm. Versus others I've had where you're kind of in more of a leadership role, and then... You know, you can stay in those jobs for a long time, but sometimes you just lose your mojo. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) it's okay to leave then, too. I'm thinking back to quitting, right, for myself and thinking about – it was really emotional as a lead-up to it, right? Yeah. oh, my God, is it time? Am I ready? Am I going to go look for another job? I probably want to have one before I give notice. And then what do I say and how honest am I? You know, looking for another job is always really hard and you're trying to keep a secret and all of those things. So you just feel – like you're going to get caught out. But in my recollection, the actual quitting, which you really, really dread, you think it's going to be this huge drama. I literally can't remember most of the times that I actually did it because it doesn't need to be such a drama. If you're the person quitting, you just need to be respectful and thoughtful and give them enough time to adjust and then make your exit, right? It just doesn't need to be that dramatic. And if you're the boss, which I've often been, you know, somebody comes in and they quit. And in the old days, like I would just get so mad in my head because it was just so inconvenient. Like, (laughs) now I have to, like the hardest thing in the world is to go find new good people, you know, short Short of just ZipRecruiter, you know, you got right. We well, do have, have ZipRecruiter now. You just have to put some actual time into it. So your your immediate reaction is, oh, I hate you for this moment <laughs> just because you gave me a lot of work I have to do. But 
over time, I've realized this is the natural progression of things. It there is a is. season. And I never get mad anymore when someone quits. I understand people need to move on. Now, if they quit in some disrespectful way, that's one thing. But, you know, you just have to go with the flow. You want to be respectful. You want to be polite. You want to be honest. I mean, all those things. I think that makes a ton of sense. Do not try to go out with a man. And so that's where I wanted to go. I think there are a lot of don'ts about this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what should you not do? Yeah, I, I think the don'ts are actually more of a trap than the do's because the do's are pretty obvious. Okay. But the don'ts, like I would say, based on my experience, don't give different reasons to different people about why you're leaving. Oh, that's a good one. You know, because people do that. They like say one thing to their boss, but then they tell their colleagues something different and they get much more gossipy with the people in the coffee room and all that. Really try not to do that. Just hold the line. Take one story and stick to it because you can be respectful to your boss's face, but if you're disrespectful in the bar after hours, that's going to get back to your boss. Everybody's going to hear about it. That is such a great one. So just whatever it is that you say, you need to be ready to say it to everything. Yeah, decide how honest you want to be, and it's okay to not share everything, but then pick your story and stay with it. Yes. Uh, That's great. Mm -hmm. Great advice. Another thing is... Don't be overly secretive about what you're doing unless there's some overwhelming reason to be secret. Sure. I, I can't even think of what that would be. If you're being recruited by the CIA, yeah. Okay, keep Or keep that sometimes there'll be a role that's not been announced publicly before. Exactly. That I could see that coming up, but that's pretty rare. But you can say that too. You know, when people ask you what are you doing, you can say, "Well, I, yeah, I do have something lined up, but I can't announce it yet. I'll let you know as soon as I can." Exactly. I think that's totally okay. That's fine. But don't pretend like, "Oh, yeah, I haven't really given it any thought. Going to like kick back at the beach, and then the next day they open the trade papers and whatever your industry is, and you're splashed all over it in this, this big new fancy job." That makes people feel like you might have been lying to them exactly the whole time. They you just you. burnt your bridge. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Just try to, again, figure out what you want to say. More than anything else, like, keep these conversations pretty limited. Keep a, keep a lid on the details and try to be consistent. What do you think are the big don'ts? The biggest don't that I can think of, and I, by the way, the, my favorite one is the different stories for different people, but I think the biggest don't I've seen play out badly is the extended exit. Mm-hmm. You may think you're doing them and yourselves a huge favor by going, I'm going to be a great person. I'm going to give you two and a half months notice. But about A day after you give notice, (laughs) you're just a problem in the workplace. Everybody's working around you. People don't know what to say to you. You stop getting invited to meetings. There are some exceptions to this, but I really think short and sweet is the best way to do it. It's good for you and it's good for them. You know, if there's something that needs to be wrapped up, there's some project and it's going to take a week and a half to put a bow on it. Great. Do that. But just to give more notice because you're trying not to hurt anybody's feelings, you're going to really regret it. You're going to be sitting there going, God, I wish I was out of here. You know, I've made that mistake. Ah. And I realize it's not just that you become a lame duck pretty quickly, Mm -hmm. but you also start to get your own feelings hurt because they do close ranks with each other. Totally. Right? Like they know you're not going forward with the team. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we love you and everything, but that's it. We're done really dealing with you. And you can take that a little bit personally. Like, oh, yeah. Really? I'm not even out the door yet and you don't need me anymore. So, yeah, another reason to. They're in conference room A <laughs> and I'm not in there. I used to be in there. Yeah. You know, another thing that I've had come up with people where I've had a bad emotional reaction is as a boss, I always kind of want to know. 
wait a minute, how long have you been job hunting? Yeah. <laughs> and occasionally I've tried to get that out of people. Like, well, what exactly prompted you to go look for another job? And when did you start that? What do you want to hear and here, Liz? No, there's no right answer. <laughs> this, right. Is, this is what I want to say to you. So when your <laughs> boss, this is incredibly common that your boss is going to ask you, like, oh, how did this start? Do not answer that question. Yeah. because there About is, a year and a half ago yes, when you exactly. were a jackass. Yeah. There is absolutely no winning answer to that. Because if you say, oh, like, we really just came up a couple weeks ago. Well, they know that's a that's lie. That's not true. But if they know you've been out looking for a job for six months, yeah. then that makes them feel feel bad. Yeah. And like you've been a little duplicitous No wonder that, that last time. project didn't go so well. Larry yeah. was mailing it in. Exactly. So do not give them the ammunition. Even when I ask, <laughs> do <laughs> not give me the ammunition. <laughs> Don't answer Liz when that. she has that. <laughs> Another thing I've seen happen when people quit, even your boss who you're quitting to they can be jealous of you. You know, somebody quits and they're going to like the hot new company in your mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. That makes people, even your boss can be like, I hate you for that. Or they start asking you like, take me with you. Have you ever, well, yeah. you've only quit twice in your life. I have a lot more experience just having people quit to me or mm-hmm. quitting. And the take me with you plea is more, is more common than you think. Yeah. And when you announce you're going to leave, there are a lot of people who are jealous because they're thinking about it too. Yeah. And so they want to come up and have these lunchtime or coffee break conversations mm-hmm. with you. And let's talk about how awful it is here. And I agree. And could you believe how don't get drawn into that? It's just going to leave a dirty, messy legacy. You're totally right. That is great advice because that's something that you don't expect. A lot yep. of these other things, you can sort of predict what's going to happen in the process. Yeah. But the kind of back-channel communication that starts to happen, it's in everybody's best interest for you to cut that off. Yeah, completely agree. One last thing. The exit interview is a trap. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, <right. laughs> so do it. But this is not the time to give detailed feedback and ideas for improvement to your company. Be polite and be concise. Answer their questions directly and try to wrap it up and get yourself out the door on that one. It is the right thing to do if they ask. But... This is no place for details. It's not going to serve you. And frankly, they're not going to listen to you mm-hmm. um, because you're leaving. And they think, well, now's the chance and I'll really be able to get. No. 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 The time it's for them to hear it that. was back when you were working there. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. And they cared what you said. So I think the problem with quitting is the word quitting. It's just so negative, Larry. You know, I think we just need to find other things to call it in the personal growth realm. Exit. Exit. Okay. I'm going to exit. Depart. I am going to extricate myself. Yeah, that does not sound good either. I am vacating. No, that sounds kind of... Ceasing. (laughs) Forsaking. I forsake thee. Flee. Renounce. Bolt. Jettison. Secede. Hasta la vista, baby. Yeah. Okay. Those are all so much worse than quitting. I would just say keep it simple and just say... Bye. Just say my last day will be fill in the blank. <laughs> I've loved working here. Thank you. And make your exunt, as they say in your Shakespearean terms. There you go. Mic drop. We're out. Listeners, a penny for your thoughts, say I. What? I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I just wanted to encourage everyone, please take our audience survey at wondery.com slash survey. We love hearing what you think about I Hate My Boss, so please fill out the survey and let us know what you love about the show as well as the things we can improve on.
Again, that's Wondery.com slash survey. If you can't write that link down, don't worry. Just tap the cover art for this episode, and you'll find a link to the survey right there. Thank you, listeners. So, Larry, I've been thinking a lot about one of the questions we got last week. Remember from the salesperson who was just so tired of competition and stress at work that he wanted to quit his job. And I think in his situation, some of that might have been hitting a certain age. But also, it just seemed like classic burnout to me. Yeah. Do you see that a lot with your clients? All the time. You do? All the time. I think this always-on culture that we've got now, Mm -hmm. just it makes it harder and harder for people to maintain any sense of balance. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the books I read, which I've talked about on this show before, is Ariana Huffington's book, Thrive. Oh, yeah. Which is really about how to take better care of yourself in this 24-7 kind of culture. And what prompted to write the book and change her entire life, and it's now her whole business, Mm -hmm. is that one morning in 2007, she just collapsed. It was a Sunday morning. She got up. She was so burned out. She collapsed. She hit the floor and just really damaged her face. And I know this for sure because at the time, I was doing Satellite Sisters, the radio show, and she was our guest two days later. Oh, my gosh. And she walked into our studio, and she was so black and blue. She was so beaten up. We didn't know whether she had actually been beaten up or a car accident or what. And she explained this whole collapse to us. And I was thinking... Ariana, the universe is trying to tell you yeah. something. Like, I hope you're listening. Why are you even S- working Subtle today? signals. You yeah. just crashed on your face. Yes. But now when I read her book and I see that that episode yeah. was the turning point it was meant to be, I feel like she really did listen to what the universe was telling her. And I found myself in a similar situation once, though not quite so black and blue. Oh, good. But I was giving a big speech at work in front of, like, all of the employees. This is back in the day when I was still at Nike. So, like, up on a stage or something? Up on a big stage in a big theater. I'm blah, blah, blah. You know me. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I feel like I'm going to pass out. I really feel like, uh uh-oh. My knees are going to buckle. I I don't know if I can stand here. So I kind of inched over towards the podium, and I held on to that podium like for (laughs) dear life. And I kept talking, blah, 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 blah. But in my head, I'm thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm here telling these people that, like, this is the greatest company in the world devoted to health and fitness. (laughs) And I am about to completely collapse on the stage. Oh, wow. So you need to pay attention to the signs, Larry. You absolutely do. And I work with so many entrepreneurs these days, young entrepreneurs, and they've got a huge amount of energy because they're young, right? They're in their 30s and they just Hey, come on. Even old people have energy. Well, I I was going to say, I like to think I have some energy in my 50s, but it is amazing to watch them work. But we have the conversation all the time about you are not going to be able to keep this up. In fact, one of my clients, I was just trying to get a dinner scheduled with him. His assistant told my assistant he's not available for a dinner until the second week in November (laughs) because he's got dinner scheduled out. It's right here. We sit. in Okay, that is a red flag. That's a red flag. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think this is happening all the time. And there was actually a a study that was done in 2016 by the General Social Survey. And they looked at people who were reporting being exhausted in the workplace. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, it was 18% of people reported it. Today, it's 50% of the population at work. Wow. Which tells you this is a growing and growing problem. And you and I have talked about the fact that cell phones, texting, Mm-hmm. All of that just creates an environment where it's pretty hard to step away from it. Yeah. And in my experience also, 
having worked for a lot of big global companies, it's a 24-7 clock in every time zone in the whole world. And I'm not alone working for a company that's operating all over the world. So I got to the point where I decided, okay, not only was I not going to like take conference calls at one in the morning anymore because of what time it was in India, but my phone was no longer at all in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. And even when I put it in my kitchen and charged it there, I could hear the little notification pings and I turned off all the notifications because I was just having that Pavlovian response to hearing the sound of an email coming in. Yeah, you bet. So there's that physical stress and we're like training ourselves to be on call. Well, you get that little hit of dopamine, right? It's like, oh, somebody wants me. Somebody needs me. My gaming clients call it. It's they actually have psychologists on staff now because they want people to play their games. It's called a compulsion loop. (laughs) They get you to want it more. So I think there is that physical stress and of being on all the time. But I also don't underrate the emotional stress sometimes of just being in a work environment where you are a bad fit or you know how many calls we've gotten from people whose bosses are bullies or colleagues are insane. Mm -hmm. I have found also the emotional stress of being in an environment that is not right for you can be just as exhausting as the physical stress of working too hard. I think we get stressed by all sorts of things, right? Just physically being up a lot or just being in a really difficult circumstance for us, high pressure, high tension. Um, I was writing down some of the symptoms, right, of of excess stress, which Mm -hmm. I think leads to burnout. And so the ones that I hear most often in my work, I hear easy to frustration and anger. Mm-hmm. Right. So you get you get brittler. Um, people stop being able to sleep as well. They will either lose their appetite or their appetite will kick into overdrive. So oh God, kind of I wish on. I was A instead of B. Me that too. would be so great. You and I were both thinking the same <laughs> thing on that one, Liz. Um, and then your ability for me, what happens to me is I can't focus as well. So I'm kind of jumping from A to C to D to B to mm-hmm. F until I really go through something to relax and bring myself back and kind of chill out. I just can't focus. And then the other one is people start to feel unappreciated and then they start to get cynical. And That's true. Yeah. Yes. I've seen that in myself and I've seen that in other people too. Yeah. For me, the most telling thing that, okay, I have to reorder my priorities or change the way I am approaching this work or whatever is the creeping joylessness, you know, because I'm a person... That's a bad, bad phrase. I'm, I'm trademarking that phrase. Creeping, creeping joylessness. joylessness. Well, because I'm someone who has always loved my job, yep. loved work. I get a lot of satisfaction out of being around people, getting things done, trying new things. I've always found a lot of joy at work. Mm-hmm. But occasionally, like twice in my whole career, I've gotten to the point where... I wasn't finding that anymore. There was like the thrill of just getting things done mm-hmm. had had drifted away. And that's when I know that it is time for me to make a change. Liz, what do you think got you there in retrospect? I mean, what what led you in those two circumstances to as opposed to renewing to just kind of mm-hmm. having the the fuel drop out of the bottom of the system? Well, one in particular, which was very dramatic, sort of fit in the second category I mentioned of being in an environment where you are a bad fit. Mm -hmm. I was just at a company where the vibe, it was what I would describe, it's the only time it ever happened to me in my whole career, I would describe it as a mean girl environment. Like the whole 
operation ran that way. And that is so not my deal. I am all about the sisterhood, people, <laughs> in, ca- in case you haven't in noticed. Ca- yeah, in case you missed it. <laughs> so to find myself in an environment where it's like the least supportive bunch of sure. women treating each other, I just found that was a level of stress that led to creeping joylessness and then ultimately my exit. It was an emotional thing. It's not like I was even working 24-7 or flying all over the world or any of those physically hard things. It was just sucking the life out of me emotionally. And that's a different, that's a certain kind of burnout. And it's interesting as an entrepreneur, the the entrepreneurs that I know, people who run small businesses, one of the reasons they love doing it is because they found a place where they really do what they do for their work and what they do at home and how they feel about themselves. It all fits together. cyclical, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a virtuous circle. But when that breaks down, it becomes the you know, the classic vicious cycle, and it just, it sucks it out of you. So I was thinking about with my clients that have big jobs and are really busy, but they do a pretty good job of maintaining balance. I was thinking about some of the things that I see them doing all the time. Number one, they exercise regularly. Damn, I hate that that's always the answer. In the mornings, (laughs) in the evenings, in the afternoons. No, you're right. It's so true. And it's one of the things that companies are doing, right? They put on, they give gym memberships, they put exercise in gyms, the big ones Mm -hmm. that have money on site for people. And that actually ties into another one, which is social connection. They spend time with friends, with family. They do things with people that are fun. So they feel connected. And it's funny, my mother-in-law, who's 92, lives with us. And one of the things that I love about it is she reads these books on, you know, growing older and what it's like. And she says, what I like so much is that I feel a part of things here, mm-hmm. as opposed to being in a place where she doesn't have a ton of friends around. Yeah. She's yeah. in the middle of our lives. It's really nice. Yeah. Social interaction is so key. Yep. I read something else that really stuck with me. Uh, this is from a guy named Jason Lang, who is the team leader at the CDC. They have a team that mm. is workplace health programs. So he said that aside from diet, exercise, and sleep, there's one surefire way to combat general malaise, job dissatisfaction, low morale, and burnout. I guess okay. what I was calling creeping joylessness. All right, you got he me said, hooked. Laughter. Oh. It's all about finding some humor in daily life. And that's what we're all about, isn't that it, That is fantastic. That is part of the solution to most things. Liz, my personal answer to this is YouTube baby sloth videos. <laughs> you will die laughing and your cuteness quotient will be increased by fivefold. Who knew that was a burnout cure? I, okay, that's, that's a new one by me, Larry. Baby sloth videos, I'm telling you. <laughs> This is the last time we'll be hearing from our friends at Pen and Pencil this season. We're also replaying the first season now on the feed for Secrets, Crimes, and Audio Tape. That's another show on the Wondery Network. Let's see how they deal with the rumors that the company is being sold. Come on, did you hit refresh? Anything? No email yet, Ivan. Rovin's making us wait. Classic power move. Oh, Lisa, I'd wait all day for Rovin's beautiful memos and emails and other communications. Inappropriate. And and you've never met her. Kobe! Oh, one more, one more. Please stop wasting my paper. You haven't made one basket. Lisa, no one uses paper anymore. Take it from a millennial. You're not a millennial. (laughs) I am. Jessica said it could be one. Let's gather everyone together. This is not good. 
May I have everyone's attention? I received a rather ominous email. Ms. Rovin has scheduled a phone call for us at 4 p.m. today. Uh, what about it was ominous? Well, the subject line was the uncertain future of pen and pencil. Uh-oh. This is not good. Guys, bad. guys. The uncertainty probably refers to just how enormously successful we can be. I appreciate the sentiment, Ivan, but when the Germans acquired us, they bought other ad agencies, too. Sure, we're doing fine, but if we aren't performing as well as the others, they'll cut their losses. Oh, 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 oh. Matt, are you raising your hand and standing on your tippy toes? Yes, sorry. Anyway, should I write my own recommendation letter, or would you like to personalize? <laughs> no one's getting fired. We've been through this before. The Germans probably... Just want to discuss productivity again. The email specifically said they've concluded the full 360-degree review. Well, shit. That's what I said. Come on, Stacy. Don't be all doom and gloom. Us millennials are woke AF about positivity. Ain't that right, <laughs> Jessica? Yeah, totally. Ivan gets it. We need a realistic plan. I have a realistic plan. Let's fly to Germany right now. Who's with me? Okay, calm down, folks. Everyone is dismissed. Chuck, were you able to find anything? I called my counterpart at one of the other agencies, Lieberman. We're pretty far behind them this quarter. Oh, what does Lisa think? I'm not allowed to tell you. Come on, Chuck, I won't tell anyone. She's got to give you some inside information. I'm very uncomfortable right now. Chuck, just tell me something. I've had the same doctor since I was a baby. Chuck! Fine. Looking at the numbers, it's pretty clear. WW is going to cut us loose. We need a miracle. Ivan, what are we going to do? Sweet. Don't call me that at work. This is something that is good in coffee. No need to worry about this. Everyone knows pen and pencil is a shining light of the ad industry. Lieberman beat us to Axe Body Spray. No! That was my white whale! If WW is done with us, fine. We just need another buyer. I'm not selling my Mini Cooper. Ivan, think. Jonathan has to be sick of traveling by now and certainly sick of D. I'd rather be at work than on vacation with D. If we can get Jonathan to come back to work, appeal to him to buy his shares back, we won't have to worry about WW, Adrian Rovin, Germans in general, no one. D! Has joined the conference. Sorry I'm late. Can someone fill me in? Hope the trip is going well. Jonathan said you guys are coming down K2. Wow. You've got to smell the air up here. Woo-wee. I think I've seen enough of the world. Oh, she kids. So uh, I know you're worried, but uh, I have not heard anything from Ms. Rovin. Nothing? I have a few missed calls, but no messages. So that's a good sign. These satellite phones aren't always the most reliable, though. We have a call with Ms. Rovin later, and everyone is really worried around here, Mr. Penn. Hello? I'm on the call, too. Sorry, everyone is really worried around here, Mr. Penn. Ivan and Stacy thought it would be a good idea to touch base with you about some of the scenarios that might come up. Things feel very uncertain over here, Mr. Penn. I thought, well, actually, Stacy thought that the best way to keep pen and pencil moving in the right direction is to get the rightful chairman back in place. Jonathan, we miss you. We want you to come back. Would you ever consider buying back your shares? <laughs> What makes you think WW wants to sell? It's complicated. You wouldn't understand. Excuse me? I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. It's just some technical stuff, Dee. It wasn't a sexist thing at all. 
there's no such thing as women on women's sexism, right? Let's get back on track. Jonathan, you're kind of our last hope. I'm sorry, but if this trip has taught me anything, it's that money is temporary and memories are forever. I'm very proud of pen and pencil, but that was a different chapter in my life. A chapter I'm ready to close. All right, then. Thank you for understanding. Ooh, yak milk. Talk to you soon. What happened to the Jonathan Penn I knew? <sighs> Ever since he married Dee, he's never been happier. Goodbye, Dee. That was not AF. Like at all. Yes, Ms. Robin, I understand. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Okay. Thank you. Okay. From what I heard, that could have gone either way. Well, WW is dumping their stake in the company. Unless there's a buyer soon, they are closing pen and pencil. Oh, no. I gotta go update my resume. Damn you, Axe Body Spray. You've destroyed my life. You read Lisa's email, huh? This sucks, but thanks for everything. Jessica, this isn't goodbye. Just because Axe Body Spray has betrayed us and buried us doesn't mean we won't stay friends. You're a cool dude, but this is probably goodbye. <laughs> Always a jokester. Not joking. How you holding up, Matt? Uh, I thought I had a future at pen and pencil. Hearing Ivan's and your stories from the early days, maybe too many from Ivan. I thought I would eventually get to where you are. Hey, you've still got a promising career in advertising ahead of you. I've been very impressed. Thanks, Stacy. You know, I just wanted it to be here. And hey, with the severance package, you can take time off to focus on your comedy. Mm, truthfully, I don't think I want that anymore. I mean, 22-year-old me would be really disappointed, but I think I want to sell out. Are you calling me a sellout? No, 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 no. I am so sorry, Stacy. I mean, you're my boss. I I'm messing have... with you, Matt. <sighs> you saw the email. None of us work here anymore, so I'm just your friend. Yeah, great. I need more of those. I mean, you met all my comedy friends. Yeah, those guys sucked. Ooh, big time. You know, I, I just can't wait to never do a set again. I, you know what? I'm going to be the next Don Draper. Or, you know, maybe Roger Sterling. No, no, no. Ken Cosgrove. But, you know, with both eyes. Ivan, cool if I put assisted head of creative and all decisions on my resume? Wait, another resume? I thought you were going to focus everything on your branding. Yeah, still I need another day job. Without a day job, my side hustles just become hustles, and that makes me a hustler. And that sounds kind of gross. I guess I had it pretty good here. So many memories. Did you know that in 1997 we had the Burger King campaign? <laughs> that was a campaign that changed my life. The Whopper Jr. That was just enough. Still not friends, Ivan. Company policy is no drinking on the premises, so we did not just do a shot. Two shots. I may have had three. Ivan, Stacy, you've been a pleasure to work with. Most of the time. Ah, uh, you wouldn't trade me for anyone. You're right. I put up with a lot, but maybe we're sort of a great team. And not just in bed. Ivan! <laughs> put a comment in the comment box. I don't care. We don't work here anymore. Oh, it's Jonathan. I am not in the mood. <laughs> I could never have said that out loud this morning. All right, Lisa. Oh, hi, Jonathan. I'll put you on speaker. Hello, all. I know a lot has happened today, but I wanted to deliver some good news. I've spoken with Adrian Robin, and there was a buyer. 
No one is shutting down pen and pencil. (laughs) Wait, we're not losing our jobs? That's amazing. You bought the 51%. I did not. Uh, Pen and Pencil will have a new chairman. A chairwoman. And her name is D-Pen. I'm glad to be back and even gladder to be leading the troops. You must be very happy and appreciative to have your job saved, no? Excuse us for a moment. Hello? Did she Hello? just say gladder? Anybody D there? is our new boss. I can't hear you. Wow. I can't hear the you things I wish I could unsay. Hello? Now I really hate my boss. I'm going to miss those crazy kids at pen and pencil. I am too. Even creepy Chuck. (laughs) Look, it's really scary when you hear rumors like this, right? Where something's going to change and people just start going to every doom and gloom scenario you can possibly imagine. Right. You're getting laid off or you're getting a terrible new owner. And they had both of those things as their rumors in this episode. Yeah. Uncertainty often brings out the worst in people, right? Because it, it taps into that fear and they run to, you know, do I fight? Do I flee? Or do I just hunker down and freeze? Mm-hmm. One funny thing with this crew, though, is that they did for a moment there kind of all cling together like they were best friends where they had been most of the season. They had been backstabbing or competing or fighting like cats and dogs. And I had that happen to me once where a unit I was in just got dissolved. And when that all came down from on high, even the people that really did not like each other, we just we loved each other all of yeah. a sudden because we were going through this together. It's it, it's an interesting part of the dynamic of all kind of saying goodbye to a company. Yeah, well, it goes back to what you were talking about. I think I, I think it was episode twenty six where you were talking about the power of having a common enemy, a common yeah, foe. Yes, exactly. Well, knowing that we might get sold kind of brings everybody together because we've got something else to worry about other than ourselves. Mm -hmm. There can be some real benefit in that. In case you missed anything from today's show, don't forget you can tap on the cover art and get all the notes for this episode. You'll also find our telephone number and some great offers from our sponsors. To check those out and support our show, please head over to casper.com, blueapron.com, ziprecruiter.com, and audible.com. Liz? And it's always slash boss. Always. This episode was hosted by me, Liz Dolan, boss emeritus and satellite sister, and Larry Seal, CEO and founder of Engaged Leadership. The comedy segment was written by Jason Shapiro, directed by Drew DeFonzo Marks. Ivan was played by Eddie Santiago, Stacy by Karen Bond, Lisa by Julie Brister, Jessica by Ego Bodim, Matt by Justin Michael, Chuck by Spike Spencer, Jonathan by Jim Meskimen, and Dee by Stephanie Shea. The original theme song was composed by Martin Blanco. Audio engineering and design by Misha Stanton. Special consultant Julia Smith. Produced by Cameron Kell. Created and executive produced by Hernan Lopez for Wondery. Remember, workplaces can feel crazy. But you don't have to. 